What's up? Welcome back to Guitar Blah Blah, the daily podcast for people that seem to have an innate inability to just shut up about guitars and gear. If you enjoy talking about guitars and gear, listening to stuff about guitars and gear, and generally just can't stop doing guitar-related stuff, then this is the podcast for you. This is also the podcast of AxesAndBlades.com. Go and check out Axes and Blades on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and check out AxesAndBlades.com for all sorts of articles, videos, interviews, and awesome content about amazing guitars, the artists that play them, and the people that make them. So what I wanted to talk about today was something that I mentioned in the last couple of episodes, and I mentioned quite a lot. I mentioned how guitar players are really traditionalist people, how we're quite a traditional bunch. I was talking about specs and things like that and talking about how we like to stick with, for example, the wood species we've gotten used to from the the golden age guitars from back in the day, from the 50s and 60s, and not much has changed. Um, and I mention it a lot. I mention it about our taste in guitars and our taste in the instrument and how sometimes we can be kind of unwilling to change and we have a bit of an adverse reaction towards things changing too much or people who suggest that these great guitars we're in love with need to change. You know, sometimes that can happen. I did see a really good example of this because there's no doubt it does happen to some extent, right? So here's a great example that I saw of this. Uh, when uh, we produced, myself and Ted over at Just Trek, produced the Meet the Makers series for Guitar.com, which I also mentioned the other day, which is a series about some small guitar builders in Europe. Uh, so little short episodes, documentary style, each one about a different guitar builder in Europe. And on one of them, I think it was maybe the episode about Nick Cooper guitars. When that went up, it got a bunch of really positive response, which was really awesome to see. But there was one comment that, <laughs> that was my favorite comment on the whole thing that someone had written. I think it was on YouTube, maybe it was on like Facebook or something. But under the video, after it got posted, there was this comment that was... um. I think a great example of like how <laughs> we can be hardcore traditionalists as guitarists. You know, you got this video of Nick Cooper talking through his processes and how he developed his guitar designs over the years and, and how he tries to make a better and a better guitar all the time. And then under the video was just <laughs> this this comment that was just all those damn Europeans trying to invent the guitar. We already made the best damn guitar that's ever going to be made in a good old USA 70 years ago. <laughs> like, apart from it being jingoistic, just like the best example of of how we are as guitarists. That's why, why I just laughed, because it's not like I can even be like, ridiculous, outrageous comment, because we're all like that. Like, we're, Even if we wouldn't necessarily go on Facebook or YouTube or wherever and write that, I think a good 70% of it was possibly in all caps as well. Even if we wouldn't necessarily do that with our free time because we have, you know, p people who love us and other things that we like to do. So even if we wouldn't necessarily <laughs> spend our time to do that, we can't really completely denounce that guy because we, we've got to kind of recognize that probably there's quite a lot of us that is like, quite a lot of our own personalities that has that in it we are to some extent that guy you know we've at some, we've at some point seen some new interesting innovative guitar design come out and we've only seen the image of it we've not learned anything about it and we've instantly gone like oh, 
what are you trying to prove? You know, we've looked at it and gone, oh, come on. What, does a strat not work for you? We've all had, even when we, you know, love cool guitar builders innovating with cool new designs and we're calling for new innovation, we all have a little bit of that. And we also have that slightly hypocritical side of simultaneously calling for new designs and just wanting it to be made exactly like we want. Which is, some of the times when I feel a little bit bad for Gibson when they seem to have the 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 pull on both sides of of an equal number of people going come on do something innovative and then people going like just make it like it used to be uh, i do sometimes feel sorry for them that they get told that they're just building the same old crud and basically resting on their laurels and then they try to innovate and it doesn't go and people don't like it to be fair their attempt at innovation is robot tuners so i i know that once you scratch away the surface of that idea there's there is actually things very much worth criticizing <laughs> but still although you can have these examples of definitely being traditionalist to some extent i started to think yesterday and today about how traditionalist are we really and are guitarists any more traditional than any other community or group of people in the world to some, sure, like if you're in the futurist society, you probably sit around with some people who aren't very traditional. Although that would be amazing if there if there's some sort of uh, schism in the futurist societies of the world in which you have the futurist guy, this isn't like futurism back in my day. That would be amazing. I would love to join the ironic traditionalist futurist society. That would be exquisite. But apart from obvious industries where people are very forward thinking, I'm sure if you're in a group of software designers you're very forward thinking but then again maybe there is the group of people in there even who go well, this isn't like how it used to be or go oh software design in my day was, was much better at all ai now it used to be you had to sit there and write every line of code yourself i don't know does that happen that would maybe speak to my point of today of maybe guitarists are not particularly traditionalist would definitely have some traditionalism in there i refer you back to the comment under the nick Kuba meet the makers video which was excellent one of my favorite comments um i think the other one was under the dimal guitars video which had the dimal guitars um the the art guitar artist guitar series where they have uh chorus art on the guitars and there was one it was talking about how that's kind of she likes to do political art and the comment under it i think was something about like was something about like huh i wonder if they'll make me a MAGA guitar. I bet they wouldn't, you know, some kind of comment like that. So that was also quite funny. I can't remember what it was exactly. It was funnier than that. Um, that was a good one. But I really enjoyed the one on the Nick Cooper video. Even though we recognize that, maybe we're not that traditionalist. So instead of comparing it to something wildly different, like my hypothetical futurist society or hypothetical traditionalist coders sitting around complaining about how coding's not what it used to be, which I have no idea about. I just started to compare it in my head to other groups and communities around music and around musical instruments and started to see that it gets hard to draw a case that relative to these other things, the guitar community is necessarily very traditionalist. So for example, you look at the piano. How much has the piano changed as an instrument over time? Well, we still basically want the same things people want the same pianos maybe like a steinway or whatever but 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 
even if brands shift, which they don't seem to that much, people still want the same kind of brands of piano, which have history and history and tradition and heritage are, I would say, at least as important in that world as they as they are a guitar world from what I can see as an outsider. And the instrument itself, although people have done, have been innovated hugely in the playing over time, not so much in the instrument. Does that not seem like quite a good analog to the guitar in some ways? Yeah, it's changed, it's shifted, but we kind of basically wanted to do the same thing and we have uh, an importance placed in heritage and an importance placed in getting to these traditional designs to some extent. And then the innovation really comes in the way that the instrument's used, not in the way the instrument necessarily is in its core components. And then you've got the keyboard, obviously, but isn't the couldn't, couldn't you then draw an analogy between you, your piano and your keyboard and your electric guitar, acoustic guitar? And then also just see that although you can change the sounds and things on the keyboard, still not necessarily some kind of crazy innovation. And keyboard players, piano players, you can make a distinction between that's different things. You're talking about different worlds here. And the keyboard in itself has been around for a long time and people kind of wanted to do some of the same sorts of things and we still look at the same brands that were hugely important to music and the sound of music in the 80s and they still hold a lot of sway today with their heritage um and 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 in terms of capturing those sounds people bring out devices to capture the sounds of their youth and capture the sounds that were used on records in the 80s for example that still happens like people love to get their hands on uh like some dj equipment as well and some um some synths and some modules and things like that to recreate exactly sounds from the 80s so in a lot of ways this is sounding a little bit like guitar guitarists isn't it the instrument doesn't change that much the innovation is in the playing but we still kind of hark back to certain things that mean that the design of the instrument itself progresses in certain ways maybe slower than it would do otherwise because there's certain things we we like to hold on to at least for certain amounts of time it does innovate the the instrument definitely does change, but the way that it does is kind of working in a push me pull you kind of tandem with this traditionalism and this harking back. Sounds a lot like guitar to me. Developing new elements of guitars all the time. This new designs, new pickups, new even kind of ways of making pickup. If you look at um, you know approaches of all sorts of different builders and, and people like whether you're looking at companies like Lay Sensor and and and, uh, and guys making really interesting designs as uh, small builders as well there's really interesting ways that we're seeing new pickups come out just as one example so that seems very comparable to me to when you start thinking about piano and then when you start thinking about keyboard um and synth for example like i say even in some module ways the modules really look that different do they behave that differently and in some ways yeah there's a lot of technology in there but it's a very modern instrument attached to more modern sounds, but it still has a huge amount of sway for people to get those analog sounds and to get sounds that sound, you know, oh yeah, I want those newer sounds and I want something that's technologically advanced, but I also want to be able to capture those sounds from X era or from Y kind of music. Sounds a lot like guitar to me. Sounds a lot like guitar. It's a newer thing in some ways, but it sounds a lot like guitar. What about violin? Um the old Italian violins and Stradivarius, you can't beat it. That's the golden age. No one will ever make a better violin. And then you do blind tests 
and they've done so many blind tests with Stradivariuses, and every single time, nobody can tell the difference between a Stradivarius and a contemporary-made violin. Nobody can tell the difference, and they've done, you know, scientific measurements and all this stuff, and they can't find any data to suggest that there's really anything significantly different between a Stradivarius or one of these old master Italian violins and something made right now by a, a decent contemporary violin builder. They can't, they can't find any difference. And in these blindfold tests, no one can hear a difference. But the players say, who own a Stradivarius, or own one of these really sort of priceless violins, they say they, can, they feel the difference when they play it, but nobody can hear the difference in a blindfold test or find any data to suggest there's a difference. I mean, sound familiar? <laughs> it sounds a lot like us you know it sounds a lot like us oh you know it's always got to be a tube amp it just has that warmth it just has that warmth and then we watch someone do a blindfold test and they can't tell the difference between the camper and the tube amp or whatever it is um i'm not putting my foot down on any part of that argument because i just can't be bothered <laughs> to get into an argument with anyone about it my point is not let's get into the tone world or the tube versus digital debate my point is that is part of our of our kind of traditionalism is like, hey, I'm traditional because this is the better way. We nailed this back in, whether it's 1960 or we nailed this back hundreds of years ago. Both guitarists and violin players are sticking to an old recipe, including violin makers now trying to, even if they're innovating in a lot of other ways, are trying to capture the essence and capture something and some magic and something that players love about those old violins like a Stradivarius for example and still holding that up as a gold standard meaning that they don't necessarily go crazy and there's still a touch of traditionalism in there and that we both have it that's 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 my point is not the tone with debate or the tube versus digital debate but purely our guitarist that crazy and crazily traditionalist when we go it's got to be a tube amp I can hear the difference. And even though we have all this marvelous digital technology, we're still sticking with tube amps. When you look at that on its own, it looks traditionalist. When you then go, well, in this blindfold test, a bunch of you can't tell the difference. They did blindfold tests at the NAMM show back in, back, back in the first NAMM show. I can't remember the year. This was decades ago at this point. The first NAMM show when the PV Bandit came out. So we don't even need to go to Kemper. The first NAMM show when the PV Bandit came out PV's trans tube technology, solid state amp. They did blindfold tests when they brought that out of the NAMM show before like people really had seen what it was. And they did these blind tests where they brought in, you know, all these people walking around at the NAMM show, producers, people, quote unquote, golden ears, you know, people who, who can hear things that we can't in music. Um, golden ears were the kind of people that they got when they developed MP3 in the first audio compression Um types in order to try and pinpoint how to compress music by removing data that we wouldn't be able to hear so the golden ears would go yeah i can hear that i can't hear that and if the golden ear thinks that that's too hard to hear then for all of us as listeners it's going to be too hard to hear and so you you get mp3 to pull that kind of data out and you work on how the human auditory system works by saying okay if, if you hear this kind of noise and then immediately afterwards you hear this kind of noise you're not actually uh, consciously register the second noise because it's part of our basically primal makeup of our auditory system where in the wild it's beneficial to elevate certain sounds to the point of of 
being very strongly present in your conscious under, uh, conscious recognition and not other sounds. So certain sounds that might register with the sound of a large animal nearby, we would hear those and basically not hear other high-pitched sounds around them because they would be not beneficial. The benefit would be focusing on that low sound that could represent danger or food source or whatever. Guys that know this stuff and have their hearing like tuned into this stuff, these golden ears, they went in at the Nam Chum and apparently the PV Bandit beat all of them. That's what PV says. I, I obviously wasn't there, but apparently the PV Bandit, you don't even need to get to Kemper. You don't even need to get your, your Line 6 Helix. You don't need your Axe Specs. Apparently you have a PV Bandit and when people are blindfolded or if the sound's coming from the next room or whatever, they cannot hear the difference between that and a tube amp. The, the people with the best ear for all this stuff, the trained ears for all this stuff, they can't hear the difference between a PV Bandit and tube amp. If you want to believe PV's marketing, <laughs> marketing on the PV Bandit, which I'm not saying you definitely should, but <laughs> sitting there at home going, fuck off if you tell me I can't hear the difference between my, <laughs> my Marshall stack and my PV Bandit. My point is, that on its own might look like crazy traditionalists. We've had the ability to move through other technologies for, obviously we could move through into other technologies, but we stick with these older ones. And we have lots of great reasons for that. It doesn't mean it's just traditionalism. But people might look at that on its own and say, and we look at that on its own and say, ah, it's that guitarist traditionalism. But, but relative to what? Every, all these other musical instruments, I feel, do the exact same thing. Like with the violin players. You stick to that old thing. There's some, there's some magic in that. There's a golden era where the instruments just seem to be better and have a kind of magic for them. That, what, who was I talking about there? Guitarists? Violin players? Same thing. So maybe that's just human beings. When we congregate around something in this way, that's how traditionalist we get. Like the ironic traditionalist futurist society I invented at the start of this. You know, futurism's not what it used to be. Maybe that happens. Maybe this is just human beings of this traditionalist. We like what we like. And that is no more present in guitarists than anything else. And you could argue the electric guitar is not that old relative to these other instruments. The guitar overall and all the relatives of the guitar and, and instruments all related. But let's take the electric guitar. We're not talking very old. Let's take especially electric solid body guitar. We're not, we're not talking that old here, relatively speaking. And that's changed an enormous amount. Now, you get electric violins and electric cellos and things. How often do you see those? Not super often. And you see them usually used, when I've seen them, is in something with a modern or modernist kind of aesthetic. Most of the time, you go see an orchestra, you go see people, you're seeing the old school instruments. You go see a bunch of bands at festival, you will see a huge array of electric guitars, solid body electric guitars at different stages of innovation. You will see with all sorts of different pickups technologies you go see matt bellamy the kind of built-in technology he has on his guitar you see um especially when you get into the world of custom guitars what a lot of these players are playing with they can have their own interesting things built into it you've got people with like pedal circuits built into their guitars you got um and when you look at the guitar as the instrument as not just being the guitar itself the thing with the strings on it but being it's the guitar it's the amp it's the pedal board that's really your whole instrument Look at that. Look at how much that has changed. And guitar is like this modular instrument with all these pieces on the floor, pieces in a rack backstage. Now bands aren't even 
you know, in the last 10 years, it's developed, but bands aren't really even having stage volume. They're having less and less stage volume. It's all going through a rack, going to in-ears, people playing through a virtual amp on their computer that can then be switched from a guy up in a booth. Look at how that instrument has changed and compare it to any other instrument. I don't know, in the short amount of time it's existed, I don't know that we are traditionalists. I think that might be kind of as innovative as it gets, at least in the instrument world. And then it is interesting to go beyond that and compare guitar and guitarists in the guitar community to, to things totally that aren't instruments. Like, is this the same with like cars? Obviously, you get classic car enthusiasts, but even just car enthusiasts, you get these futuristic concept designs that push the boundaries, but then what people tend to stay in is quite conservative. You know, whenever a, a, a very revolutionary car design comes out, it's like the original reaction to the Flying V or the still ongoing current reaction to the Gibson Modern or so. You know, it's, it's oh my goodness, I'm not ready for that yet. Or people violently hate it and want to find out the Gibson Modern's mailing address to send it death threats. You know, it's think of its kids. It has weird malformed children. Think of how you'll hurt them. Um, maybe that's the same thing in, in, in the car world. You got some, you got some super traditionalism. You got some crazy pushing the boundaries but where most people end up is basically like yeah i kind of want it to just look like a car and then to have some new features gradually added in year after year you know so like i say the guitars may be very comparable or maybe we're even developing further than 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 some other things i think that second point is slightly unfair because where i land on this is what actually happens is it's not so much a traditionalism fixed on a single point in time um, and it's not that guitar is innovating way more quickly than all these other things. I don't think that. Um, or that we're way more open to it as other people. I think we as people react in the same way and have the same level of traditionalism. That's what I'm starting to feel like, is that every group of people can have their own idiosyncrasies and that we might be slightly more traditional, slightly less than, than certain other ones on, on a single point-to-point -point comparison. But overall, I don't think we're a crazy outlier. What I do think is happening is because of the unique cultural position the guitar has had um, since the 1950s, the electric guitar, and it's been such a prominent instrument in that very unique way. What has basically happened is that every single person and every single roughly hewn generation has its golden age. And that actually has changed. Because I think if you say the golden age of guitar, a lot of people feel like, yeah, well, we go... We go back to the 50s and 60s. I think if you look at what they own and what they love as an individual person, and even if you take a group of people that are roughly the same age, everyone likes their own things. Someone's going to love vintage strats. Someone's going to love heavier music, so they prefer this gear, sure. What they tend to point to as, as their kind of foundation, their solid ground, I think is similar to their taste in music because it's so intrinsically related to it. And it's about when you were growing up. I think the people that point back to the 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 kind of glory days, let's say the late 60s or something, let's say it's that, everyone's playing Fenders and Gibsons. I think that is very much related to the generation that grew up around then or just after then. We all recognize that. We all see that music is amazing. And therefore, like I say, it's linked. We all see those guitars as having this special status. Sure, even younger people, that's there because you grow up and everyone's, you know, it's not long before it's like, oh my goodness, you've got to go back and you've got to listen to Hendrix, you've got to listen to Led Zeppelin and stuff. Sure. 
So those guitars still have that special thing, and that's why I think it's still there. But it's much more strongly ingrained in the genera and in, in the older generation that actually connected with that music in real time and connected with those instruments in real time. They grew up every artist they saw that was blowing their minds, Fender or Gibson. Basically, basically. I know there's there's other makes around it, but basically. Look at people who grew up in the eighties. They will st- often still love Fenders and still love Gibsons, but they so many of them just oh, I've got a soft spot for Ibanez RGs or have slightly more gain on when they play. They prefer that slightly higher gain sound. Starts to get a bit more towards the Motley Crue thing. Tends to be a super strat comes in there. Oh, I love my Fenders. Wait a minute, that's an HSS or an HSH. Fender strat. So suddenly, even though those guys still love the well, quote-unquote golden age, people who grew up in the 80s, again, were just, were just blasted with everything that came out of the 80s and so that was what defined what the guitar is to them and that's kind of their foundation their traditionalism quote-unquote kind of sticks more in the 80s or at least a lot in the 80s for for many of them as much as or even more than the 1560s i think it's generational and i think that that is changing every time with each generation and people my age or younger you know when i was growing up there were some you know, kind of guitar god guys who were already playing Kiesel guitars. And the breadth of guitar brands and guitar types and guitar looks and setups and amps and everything that the guitarists that me and my friends absolutely adored was huge. It was a huge breadth of different guitars. The guitar did not look like one thing. For all of us who were into guitars and into any kind of guitar music, if you were like, hey, draw a guitar, it doesn't automatically mean that I would draw or in my head picture a Strat or a Les Paul or something like that. So many of us were watching so many guitarists who were playing all these completely different looking instruments, you know, fan frets, headless guitars, you know, the stuff that Matt Bellamy plays, That that's for us. And so we're a generation and as people way younger than me, growing up watching an even crazier spread of different instruments you know, if you're growing up as a kid now and you're, you're, your guitar landscape is taken up by guys playing seven, eight, nine string fan fret stuff with all these different crazy like resins and like uh, like glowing, glowing the dark materials and stuff in there and all these crazy things. Your quote unquote traditionalism is when you go out in life, the thing you're going to keep getting pulled back to, like we do musically, no matter how much we push ourselves forward, we always have this soft spot for this foundation musically, is going to be the same with your guitar. It's going to be in this area, which is going to be that kind of guitar, a kind of broad range of really crazy, interesting, different designs. And so your traditionalism will, you know, be very different to the traditionalism of the last generation. So really, it's innovating. It's moving on all the time, which I think is super cool. Um, and I think that's really what it comes down to is not like we're a more traditionalist group by a huge amount. Maybe we are. I don't know. It depends who you compare us to. Are we a way more open-minded group than others? I don't know. It depends who you compare us to. I think you've got to compare on a point-by-point point basis. But generally, are we super traditional or super open-minded? I don't think so. I think it's, I think it's that we've, with the guitar has a unique position we have that little bit of kind of just human traditionalism and human relation back to our foundation what feels comfortable what feels defining as music or as our favorite music or as the guitar to us 
And then that moves on with each generation as well as it moves on and develops with us through our lives to the extent um, that we are as an individual more attached to that foundation or less thoroughly attached to that foundation. I think I'd finish off by just talking about um, a figure who I think represents this really, really well. And I talked about the 80s here. Um, and it's the one of the biggest figures in the guitar world who, as I'm sure you know listening to this, very sadly just passed away. And that's Eddie Van Halen. And it's been so touching to see the, all the amazing ways that the community has come together and talked about how he changed their lives and changed the lives of this community. And it's just sort of hard to comprehend whenever you get a person who had that big of an impact on something, whatever it is, and on so many people's lives, that one person had that much of an impact. That's a really hard thing to comprehend. And it, it, but it has been amazing to hear all the incredible stories of him from people who, who met him and people who never met him, how much he changed their lives and influenced them. And I think that's been a very beautiful thing to see. Um, and, it, you know, what he did achieve in his life was just unbelievable. Um, and as well as paying a little tribute, because I think that's the right thing to do here, I wanted to bring him up because as I was thinking about this topic, I realized that he was the perfect embodiment of that development. I mentioned the 80s there. I was watching Steve from Boston's live stream uh, when the news broke about, um, about Eddie Van Halen. And, and it was a really emotional and kind of hard to watch live stream at times um, because Eddie Van Halen had meant so much to to him. Um, and he said this thing, which I was like, yeah, you know, that's pretty hard to refute where he said, you know, he grew up in the eighties. He, he was, you know, working in guitar songs in the eighties. He, he, he's got a big attachment to eighties music and eighties players. And he said the eighties was basically an entire decade of everyone trying to play and sound like Eddie Van Halen and nobody managing to do it. And that's pretty hard to refute. And I think when you look at his playing, how much he completely changed the instrument, and then you look at that in combination with what he did to the guitar as an instrument, you see how really we're not that traditionalist. Because this one guy taught a whole generation of people that even if they didn't really know what they were doing, and even if they were not technically trained in anything to do with it they could take their guitar figure out what they wanted to change about it and change it they could take this instrument and make it anew in their bedroom on their own and that was that is something that was profound enough that it genuinely inspired basically an entire generation or more of guitar builders guitar tinkerers guitar techs guitar modders the whole idea of these mod shops and yeah the super strat specifically but just the whole idea of reinventing the instrument for yourself personally which led to a generation of reinventing the instrument in its totality really came from him 
And then he goes on and has his hand in all manner of things which continue to change the guitar. Even being there when, even being a part of designing the, the 5150 and, you know, being a part of that process with, with PV and with James Brown. I mean, the amp designer, I mean, that that amp is how you get to metal metal like when someone says when you're a kid and someone first says listen to this this is the original metal this is the original hard rock and you immediately go oh that that guitar sound isn't what i was expecting that's not as crazy a heavier searing a guitar tone as i was expecting to come out of there when you called it metal that's probably because it was before <laughs> before a lot of the changes that eddie either directly or indirectly had his hand in including the 5150 you know that's a huge part of how you get to the searing modern sound that then meant that people could express kind of more powerful positive things um or more aggressive um elements in their music as well that guitar sound is key to people being able to do that and still being able to do it today and there he is again this one guy who's already done more to change the guitar than basically anyone in his playing and in his modifications, which are early on and just throughout his life was just continued changes to the music itself, the way to play itself, but also relevant to to what I'm saying in this podcast, the actual instrument. And really, you cannot have an inherently hyper-traditionalist community of people who hold up as one of their greatest figureheads as one of their greatest idols a guy who on his own managed to spur a complete reinvention of the instrument that caused an entire decade of music to basically just want to be him And that being so profound that it caused the then an entire generation of people after to continue to pursue reinventing the instrument for themselves, for other musicians, and for the entire guitar community and the guitar world. That's a crazy thing to think about. It's hard to comprehend how, you know, whenever you come across one person who has changed so much by such a great extent it's hard to understand that and it's a it's an incredible thing um and it's incredibly sad news that he's passed away um but i think he's also a great emblem of how we as guitars you know are not um as traditional as some might think because he is a figure of great innovation and huge monumental change um, that happened continuously and very quickly at times and we completely idolize him so I think that tells us a lot about ourselves um, which is a, another reason why I think it's important to think about and that's what I've been thinking about as I've been uh, one of the things I've been thinking about as I've been seeing all these amazing tributes pouring for for Eddie Van Halen at the at the sad news of him uh passing away. Um so I I think I'll end it here. I think that's a cool thing to think about that 
maybe we've misunderstood ourselves a little bit and that maybe when we look at who we idolize you learn something about yourself when you look at your heroes you look at who you decide to focus on out of all these people in the world you learn a bit about yourself and and if we're all so uh you know incredibly sad as we all are at the loss of, of a guy like Eddie Van Halen and we're all incredibly enamored by everything that he's done and 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 just overwhelmed almost by like I say hard to comprehend how impressive it is then maybe we're not traditionalists who are stuck in the past after all and maybe what we're most excited about still is people who break the mold just like we say we are with our music maybe we are with the instrument too and you know it still needs to be a guitar needs to be a guitar I need to know how to play it as soon as I pick it up it can't go too crazy but really beyond that we actually love when people come along and completely change the game so I think that's a cool thing to think about um the music suggestion can't be anything else today but go listen to some of the work of Eddie Van Halen, of course, because it's incredibly sad that he's passed, and I think it's a nice way to honor him and his work and, and his music. So we'll leave it there for today. Thanks so much for checking in, and I'll see you tomorrow.